Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry? Uh, not much, Pat. I'm glad your voice is, is back at full strength. Oh, so. my. It's honest. Earlier today, it was like almost there. And now we've taken a, we've taken another dip. We've taken another <laughs> dip. So uh, it's OK. You're just working on your radio voice. That's all. I, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. I think I just could like pour like molten Robitussin down my throat. <laughs> I think we're going to start referring to you as Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that sultry voice going on right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you know, we want to thank hipstersofthecoast.com uh, for bringing you guys Leaving a Legacy every Friday. You can also find us on the Top Decked app as well. Also, if you want to support the show directly, you can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. You can support us for as little as a dollar an episode. We have awesome rewards, stickers, and shout-outs and playmats. We just had another run of playmats go out uh, this past week. Uh, so check it out. The link is in the show notes. So, Jerry, you and I got a chance to actually meet up in the flesh this week. Well, I guess last week, technically. Keep it PG, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got a chance. Uh, my, my mom took both boys uh, for a sleepover on Friday. So uh, after I dropped them off at her house at four, I like I like shot up to Etsy for their uh, their F&M uh, for Legacy. So I was super pumped to go up. Uh, Jerry, I know you're up there as well, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a great time. Uh, they had an awesome turnout. There was like 33 people there for her F&M Legacy. Yeah, uh, they, like I took a picture and put it on Facebook. They had legacy and standard and draft going on that night, and there was a pretty, uh, oh, pretty yeah. full house, which was awesome. <laughs> was it like the uh, rivals of Ixalan pre-release believe, or something? I uh, not the pre-release, but I think it was the first week of the release. Uh, it's like the official release day. I think so. I th- I think I'm not really. I mean, I don't really follow that standard yeah. stuff anyway. But uh, yeah. it was cool to see lots of people there. I got a chance to. Michelle was there, which was awesome. So I got a chance to talk to her. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, lots of uh, people showed up, so the competition was pretty nice. How how'd you end up doing uh, record wise for the night? Uh, uh, I went two and two. Um, I had four like pretty pretty competitive rounds, which was great. Uh, I think I could have almost as easily gone like three one or four zero oh, as as two and two. So um, I wasn't too upset about my performance. I think it's I'm pretty sure it's the first paper magic I've played since Vegas, which was in June. I'm almost. Almost positive that's the first paper tournament I've played since June. So uh, it felt so good to just be back out, like sleeving up. Blue, I, I sleeved up Blue Red Delver, uh, just getting out there and playing with people, and just you know, just getting a chance to talk to our friends and see people and sign some play mats, which was pretty cool. And uh, I just had an awesome time. And like I said, Etsy's a, always a just a great, great place to visit. So. How was it adjusting to having to play magic wearing pants again? You know, uh, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't great. Uh, I didn't like it. I felt very constricted the whole time. Maybe that's why I went two two. I mean, you know, maybe I punted a game or two away because uh, Mag- I was wearing pants. Magic Online spoils you, man. I know, I know. My calves need to be free, man. Need to air out the legs. Uh, summer can't come soon enough. <laughs> so tell me about your F and M, man. 
Uh, yeah, mine went, mine went good. Uh, I was playing the Bug Delver Delve list I've been talking about for a while uh, with the Tomb Stalker, uh, Gurmag Angler, and Thought Scours to power them out with like Collective Brutality for value and also to help fill the graveyard. Um, round one, I played against Ad Nauseam Tendrils. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both it was a two game match. Uh, both came down to really interesting p- plays. Um, my opponent. So we're probably about ten turns into game one. Uh, we've already like traded discard and counter magic and sculpted our hands. Um, and my opponent starts going off and mm-hmm. uh, play. And I had these abrupt decays that had just been stuck in my hand that I hadn't been able to shuffle away. Mm-hmm. Which abrupt decays don't really do very much against Storm, as you yeah, can that, imagine. In that match, I imagine you don't—you basically just don't want them. Well, yep. Yeah. But my opponent uh, played LED and then tapped out with like four cards left in hand to cast Cabal Ritual, uh, and they didn't have threshold, so they were only getting three mana off of it. Mm-hmm. So I abrupt decayed his LED. Ooh. Uh, so he now has to make the decision, oh, do I lose my LED or do I sack my hands and just discard everything? Uh, basically, my gamble was that he didn't have the past in flames because um, I put him on ad nauseum tendrils. Uh, if he had the past in flames and I had been wrong about that, I would have screwed me. But mm-hmm. luckily, he didn't do He's like, OK, yep. Uh, LED goes to the graveyard. He adds three black to his mana pool with Cabal Ritual and then passes the turn. Um, and that just kind of set him far enough back that I was able to chip away at, at him with Delvers and uh, Deathrite Shamans before he could uh, bring the combo back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then game two, uh, turn like turn one, I thought scoured, targeted uh, my opponent with the mill. Mm-hmm. He mills uh, lands Infernal Tutor, oh. and, and then I surgical his Infernal Tutors. Yeah. <laughs> So, did you get one out of his hand? Yeah, and I got one out of his hand. (laughs) Nice. Got one out of his hand. And also, just like taking the Infernal Tutors out of Ad Nauseam Tendrils, like that just wrecks them. That makes their combo so much more difficult. I was going to say, I imagine that makes it like, well, I mean, I've never played uh, Ad Nauseam, but I imagine it makes it a lot more difficult to pull off a combo. Yeah, it's possible, and it basically makes them go all in on Ad Nauseam itself. They have to cast Ad Nauseam to get enough cards in hand to then cast Mm -hmm. enough to get a natural, whereas uh, Infernal Tutor just lets them chain it with LEDs and uh, tutoring at the same time. Mm -hmm. So... um, so yeah, luckily, uh, luckily I was able to just snatch that early victory. Um, but it was both like very good games. Both me and my opponent traded a lot of uh, just like discard and spell pierces, and you know brainstorming. And it it's a it's a matchup that I enjoy playing. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming at it from both angles. Um, up next is a matchup I don't enjoy playing with the bug Dover deck. <laughs> is a uh, freaking check pile man. Yeah. Uh, I'm they, surprised we're still seeing that in paper, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it still puts the results. I see it online. Uh, people put it together. People are slow to change decks. And, no, of course, yeah. Like, the deck can still put up results, but it's just super grindy and just it it preys on other, like, three-color decks that are trying to do its game plan, but just don't, like, Snapcaster Kologon's commands. Ooh, ooh. Uh, God, I it happened, like... Three times over the course of three games. It was, just, it was miserable. As soon as it happens, I'm like, all right, I'm so far behind, I'm not getting back into this. Um, so that is a big weakness of the Bug Delver deck is Check Pile is a very hard matchup. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I am confident just that we've been seeing less of it as time goes on. Um, because the Grixis Delver matchup actually is pretty favorable for me. Y- yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like in a in the spectrum of like aggro to grindy. Um, mm-hmm. Bug Delver falls in between Grixis Delver and Check Pile. Um, so we're able to outgrind the Grixis deck, but not quite outgrind the uh, Check Pile deck. Uh, so that was a hard matchup. After that, I played a sweet match. Uh, Ben, our friend Ben Brandt had, he basically had a, like a layer seven B deck. Um, so are you, are you, are you familiar at all with, I am not at all. (laughs) I saw this in the notes and I'm like, what is that? (laughs) So layer, layer seven B is kind of this weird interaction that I feel really calls to judge type, uh, individuals, but Layer, I'm not going to do it justice at all. Maybe we can have Sean or uh, one of our other judge friends on to explain it in detail. But Layer 7B is basically like the section of the rules that tells you how humility interacts with other cards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you have humility on on the battlefield, all creatures are one 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 ones with no abilities. However, because of Layer 7B, uh, Mishra's Factory is still a 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Gideon is still a 4-4. Four, four. Um, all these like weird interactions uh, with it uh, makes it so that you have a unfair advantage on the battlefield. Your opponent's stuck with one ones and you're swinging in with like two, two Mishra's factories or four, four Gideons. So he was running like um, humilities and uh, Gideons, stuff like that. He was also running like pyroclasm. <laughs> that is like such it's an old school combo like that goes way back in the day but it's still so good humility plus pyroclasm um he was telling me earlier he was playing against sneak and show and he's pyroclasm to Ebercool and a grizzle brand off the battlefield because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just one ones with no <laughs> abilities <laughs> um but yeah i was able to i was able to get the games uh, out of him just uh, I had some aggressive starts, and I was able to kind of just make sure the humility never uh, really came into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I ended off the night uh, playing against Ad Nauseam Tendrils, or not Ad Nauseam, uh, Tess, uh, the Epic Storm, so a little bookend with my Storm decks for the evening. And uh, mm-hmm. I was able to kind of just pull that game out. Um, the combo matchups feel pretty good with Delver with uh the Bug Delver deck just because we have like three Thoughtseize, two Collective Brutality, two Spell Pierce, four Days, four, uh, three Force of Will, one Force of Will on the sideboard with like some Fluster Storms on the sideboard. So I've, I've been finding combo decks are uh, really bread and butter for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, ended up the night uh, 3-1. Uh, that was good. Good for some store credit. Uh, so yeah, worked out. Nice, very nice. Yeah, I ended up going uh two two. Um the first round I played against um uh it was so my opponent goes turn one, basic swamp, death right shaman. And I'm like, alright, so we're playing against like like Grixis or you know, or I thought maybe check pile. I'm like, this is just a normal, you know, nothing like too exciting in this deck. And so like I go to my turn and I play like, I don't know, like a swift spear, and then I probe. And he he reveals his hand and he's got like bolt, Kooligan's command. Rabble Master, Rabble Master, Rabble Master. And I'm like, what is this deck? <laughs> so uh needless to say, um uh like I, I had to wait for him to like try to K command the the Swift Spear and he did it on my turn. 
pre like uh like before damage so i was able to like pump it with the bolt and uh there was like a turn or two later obviously and uh i, I ended up rolling over them in two games pretty pretty handily it wasn't like super close uh I, w- I was able to price the progress in both times for the win which is pretty exciting the deck he was playing was really sweet i think like blue red delver is just too fast and like is able to get underneath them and he has no counter magic so he's kind of has to go all in like he w- there was uh game two where he hemmed me and hemmed like two like meaningless cards out of my hand but like that was the like the most disruptive he could be to my game plan. So um, it was a uh, it was a good match. It was, I talked to him a little bit afterwards. It seemed like kind of like his own little homebrew deck. So it was it was pretty sweet. And then uh, round two, I played against our friend Dan, who was playing his uh, <laughs> his black prison deck. Yeah, uh, I think he went undefeated at the on the night too. Yeah. So uh, spoiler alert, I lost. He uh, he sits down. And he's like he's like oh he's like oh man this is uh he's like man this match is like ninety ten in your favor. I'm like really, and so we get down to playing and like uh, game one, he is he basically has me locked out with um the the enchantment that makes all my creatures one ones and then uh. What Wait, was the other makes one? All, are you, don't you mean all your creatures minus no, one? Get, minus I'm one. sorry, yeah, they get minus yeah, one, minus one. Nine. So, like, all my Delvers are useless. Like, yeah. I still have creatures that are that can play, but... And then he also has, like... Betrayal. Yeah, and then he has, like... He also has, like, three ball out... Not three ball, but... It might have been in Trinisphere. Mm. No, I don't think he's playing Trinisphere. It, it was a few, like, tax effects in game two, but I think game one it was just, like, Knight of Souls Betrayal, uh, the Abyss, so I was, wasn't able to keep any, any uh, creatures around... Um, and what was the last one? So yeah, and staring bridge out as well. So yeah, that must've been it. So like, I go like seven, maybe seven or eight turns in a row where he's at one life and all I have to do is draw a burn spell and just do not draw the burn spell, a burn spell or price of progress and just don't draw it. So he kills me when he's still at one life in game one. And then in game two, he goes like, he goes like turn one, uh, turn one. Um, he plays, uh, like, Plays a basic land. I think he exiles Simeon Spirit Guide and plays Thorn of Amethyst. And then turn two or three does the same thing. So, like, I'm stuck under double Thorn for a while. Uh, and it just slowed down my game enough to where he beats me. He's at four and he kills me. So, both games were really close. And, like, I don't feel like... I mean, maybe, like, if I'm able to get a really good board presence really fast, like, I, I, I beat him. But, man, his deck seemed pretty effective against mine. So, that's, that's a matchup I'd like to play a few times. <laughs> Dan Dan is also a fan of the humble brags. The number of times he's told me, it's like, oh, I'm super unfavored against you, man. And then he's beaten me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to be too, like, too rotty about it. But, like, it does feel like, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's 90-10. You know what I mean? Like, it, it never felt like he was... Just like out of the game, you know what I mean. Obviously, he uh, beat me in two games, so he wasn't out of the game either time. But, um, <laughs> but that was really fun because that's honestly like playing against a guy like Dan, someone who we know and I've seen. Met, I've obviously we met, we talked to a lot. It's just so nice to be able to play a game of Magic in a relaxed setting where you're just able to like kind of shoot the shit and just play a game of Magic with someone. So, I was uh, pretty stoked about that. Yeah. And then uh, round three, I played against uh, against uh, my friend Nick Nick Ferno. He's uh, I, I know him from back in the day when I started playing at um, at uh, one of our local LGSs that's in uh, in Massachusetts that I don't go to anymore. I'm not a huge fan of the of the of the game store personally, and I think you know a lot of people are kind of feel that way now. Um, but it was the place that I started playing at. Anyway, I, I know Nick through there. And so we had some really good games. Um, I ended up beating him in two games. So with, like the lands matchup with Delver with Blue or Delver is pretty interesting because if they are able to go like the God hand with the merit Lage, there's literally nothing you can do to win that game. 
Um, if they're able to lock you out with, uh, like, if he's able to, like, crop rotate into a glacial chasm early on, or he's able to land a couple um, uh, maze of uh it makes it really, really difficult to win that game. Um, but uh, game one, he had like, locked, he had me down with, like, a maze of but having, like, two or three attackers was able to get there with Price of Progress. And then game uh, two was very similar where he was like, <clears throat> I was like under uh sphere effect with against him as well. A uh, double sphere effect with him as well. And, uh, but uh, I think I, I brought in like a, a price progress and I brought in a couple of the uh, sulfuric vortex, which I never saw. I never saw any of them in the sideboarded game, uh, but was able to get there just with, uh, with regular attacks. Um, uh, I think, ter- I think game one, he just played like his first play was just, tabernacle go <laughs> so uh so that was interesting but i think i like just i think i let off with the swift spear and was able to just get there um so those were really fun games and then going into the last round i was two and one and i played against a guy on uh was kind of a different take on death and taxes um he wasn't running well i didn't see any wastelands or shot imports in game one i just saw basic uh basic planes and What's the artifact land, Jerry, that, that taps for white? I can't remember. Like Seed Ancient Den? Oh, yeah, Ancient Den. Is it Ancient Den? Yeah. Um, so he's got like Thalia and all, all the stuff that goes along with it. But he leads off with, what's that blue-white bird that you can sack to... to uh, Judges to familiar? Da- yeah, to daze a spell. <laughs> uh, or daze an instant or sorcery. So he Great. leads off with it's, Judges it's familiar. A, it's a bird wizard. Great. That's what I... Yeah. That's what <laughs> so I'm like, what is this? So, um, but he ended up being like on like a death and taxes list. So um, he beat me in game one uh, by resolving Batterskull, and I just don't have a lot of like solid answers for that. Um, so he beats me game one. Uh, game two, I beat him uh, with a... Uh, resolve with a price of progress, essentially a uh, solid attack with a price of progress. And then game three, uh, he just, he, I couldn't really get much going in game three and he was able to, uh, I think he had like batter skull and like sort of fire and ice really early in the game and was able to, to play around that, unfortunately. So um, there were like, there were interesting games, but he was just like one of those opponents who's just not, not a great opponent to work with. You know what I mean? Like there's not un- like, I like sit down with him like, Hey man, how's it going? How's your night going? fine like oh all right so i guess we'll just play this game like he's just you know he's way too stressed out we're gonna do the moto simulator yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah so but um but barring i mean he ended up being fine but like barring that it was a it was a really great night i picked up uh i was able to do some shopping so i picked up a couple emercools and another sneak attack um and i got my uh my player's uh, manual for Dungeons and Dragons because they had some they had some D and D stuff there which I had never seen before and like since I'm starting to get into D and D now and I want to get a play group going I was like looking around like oh we'll see what they have here and and uh, uh, I picked those up that was pretty good so overall yeah. it was a, a really good night man I really enjoyed myself nice I actually yeah. just recently restarted playing D and D with uh with uh Dan and uh Mike who were so have have you played there. previously or is this your first time playing? The, so we played uh over the summer and then over like over the winter we all got busy. Um, mm-hmm. but now we started it back up again. So I played a little bit over the summer, but this is like my first campaign. We're still continuing the campaign we did during the summer. Oh, cool! Yeah, I've I've never played before and. Uh... I was talking to Ruben Bressler because he's always talking about this uh, this podcast called Critical Role, and so like I'm like I'll, I'll see what this is all about. And Critical Role is basically a bunch of like voice actors who do like TV shows and video games, like like well known people like the voice act community. But so they're all like very personable, like great like uh, really funny people, uh, obviously good voice actors, and essentially they do like this really. Um, 
it's like a podcast, but well, they release it as a podcast, but they play D and D and they release it as a podcast. And oh. like the episodes are all like, so the episodes are all like that out. It's super cool. There's like, uh, over 110 episodes. Um, and they're all like three or four hours long. Each. <laughs> oh, and well, here's the, here's the terrible part. So I learned about it back in like maybe October and I'm like 90 episodes into it now. So I usually listen to it when I'm at work. I have like wireless headphones. So I'll plug one in my ear and just wear like a knit cap over my head. And I'll listen to them all day. Um, I can't recommend them enough. Like if you, And that's the reason why I got into D&D. Because I was like, man, this game sounds like so much fun. Um, and I was like, it's such a really good, really good way to like get people to come to my house. We'll drink some beers and fucking hang out, play some games. And uh, I don't know. It seems, it seems like a lot yeah. of fun. So, have, um, you seen, have you seen Harmon Quest? I have not. Oh, you would love Harmon Quest. So Harmon Quest is, so Dan Harmon, the guy who made uh, Community, Rick and Morty, a bunch of other just like awesome TV shows. They get like a bunch of celebrities and they uh, do a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. But then they like, they animate their storytelling. Oh, that's cool. So it, it like cuts back and forth between them at the table and then an animation of them going on their adventure. Oh, cool. And the cool thing, I've talked to the guy, the dungeon master on the show. Um, I've messaged him on Twitter a bit about magic because I saw him comment on Mark, one of Mark Rosewater's tweet. Yep. I'm like, Oh, that's the guy from the TV show. So I messaged about it and apparently he's like really into magic too. Oh, real? It's, I mean, they are both wizards properties. So yeah, um, that's true. And and you know, funny, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure almost everyone who listens to this knows this, but I'm just going to drop this anyway. Uh, Magic the Gathering was created as a game. It was the the impetus was placed upon Richard Garfield to create the game as a like a mini game to play between games of Dungeons and Dragons. Right. It was it was supposed to be for you know things that a couple people would play when they're waiting for the rest of their team like their it, their exactly. uh, campaign to show up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah. So I've I've been on this like D and D kick. Um, I will definitely check out Harmon Quest. That sounds really neat. Um, yeah. It's sounds, it's hilarious. Sounds super it's cool. super funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and I I can't recommend Critical Role enough. It is it's hilarious. The voice acting is incredible. Um, Matt Mercer, who's a dungeon master, is like just like an insane talent when it comes to like Dungeons and Dragons. And I think I think he's been doing it for a long, long time. Um, they also have it on like you can also watch it. Um, they do it live Thursdays on Twitch, and you can also watch it on uh, YouTube as well. So uh, if you if you're it's something you think you might be into, I wasn't sure if I'd like it, and I got hooked like hooked on the first episode, and I've just been yeah. listening to it. It's replaced almost all of my podcast listening. I probably listen to like thirty hours of of it a week. So <laughs> wizards must be loving this kick of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, like oh resurgence. yeah, oh like, yeah. Stra- Stranger Things. Just of I was going to say, that- I, I think Stranger Things is what probably tipped me off. Like, because I'm like, man, I've it, never it, really thought of that game, but it seems fucking great. Yeah, exactly. I feel it just got all these people who are like, oh. I've always wanted to try this game, but I've never bothered doing it before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, it's it's funny how that worked out. Can I also tell you, I think what appeals that, about that game to me quite a bit is that, like, it's a lot like Magic where you don't have to be actually playing the game to be involved in the game. So, like, in Magic, like, you spend a lot of time, like, trading, organizing your cards, uh, uh, setting up decks and brewing and figuring out your sideboard, thinking about the game. I feel like Dungeons and Dragons can be a lot like that too, especially if you're a DM where you're spending a lot of time like creating maps and uh, encounters and experiences and, and NPCs and things like that. So I think it's, it probably fills a similar void or similar desire for players. 
Yeah, it's world building. People exactly. love world building. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's really great. I'm really excited to uh, to try it out, and maybe we can get together and maybe we'll do a special episode where we play Dungeons and Dragons, and we'll release it. <laughs> wow, we're going deep. We are going real deep, real deep. Uh, maybe a legacy is officially a lifestyles podcast. <laughs> I, you know what? I've someone else said that, and I'm I'm kind of fucking digging it, man. I kind of like that. I don't need to, listen. I don't need to be pigeonholed in. All right, we are not a niche. <laughs> uh, so one thing that we've been uh, we, we neglected to kind of go over was the MKM series in Frankfurt uh, that happened a few weeks ago. Uh, we just yeah, had, we, like, we, we had been so putting many... this off for episodes. Well, yeah. Well, you know what happened was it wasn't really intentional, but we had uh, like a few really great guests lined up, and we didn't want to like. Like the MKM thing should be like a standalone. Like it's going to take like 15, 20 minutes to go over. And it just doesn't feel like it didn't feel right to pigeonhole it in talking about like on Ben's episode or on the, uh, the, you know, the, the blue white uh, history episode. You know what I mean? It just didn't feel right Mm -hmm. to pigeonhole it in there. So um, we were able to, uh, to do it tonight. Yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah, let's talk about uh, this Frankfurt uh, MKS. Uh, interesting top eight uh very very interesting top eight so um i'm just gonna go down the uh the number of decks right now this these are in absolutely no particular order i'm just gonna read the lists so we had uh, amadeus grun on men of steel which i'm sure we were gonna go over <laughs> uh timo wolf on eight post felix oswald on dark depths sebastian fritz wanker on sneak and show marius houseman on bug uh sebastian bartle on elves tristan pulls on Grixis Control and Tomas Mars on Check Pile, which I think Tomas has had a, a finish in the MKM series recently with Check Pile as well. I could be mm. mistaken about that, but the name sounds familiar and, and it brings the deck to mind. Um, so some pretty cool decks that we saw here. Obviously, the uh, the Sneak and Show deck looks like your typical um, Omni Show deck. I didn't see anything uh, in the main board that uh, was too are spicy. We slow- we slow rolling them. We're going to take it one at, one at a time through the stock list. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just going through like, I'm literally just going down the, going down the, the webpage uh, one by one. Uh, Marius Houseman on bug control again, um, running like the, like the, the death rightly of old Strix, true names, snapcaster mages with a, a pair of erupted K's fatal push uh, edict in the main. Nothing like um, unusual here as well. Two GTAs, three Jace. Um, we'll, we'll make sure to link it in the show notes. If you want to see the lists, uh, the Grixis Pyromancer list looks uh, pretty pretty stock. I mean, it's cool they're running a braid in the main deck now here. It looks like uh, Inquisition of Kozilek as well. Yeah, that is um, interesting. A, a one of a braid main yeah. deck. Uh, we've been seeing that show up in the Sneak and Show sideboards. I haven't really seen it anywhere else. Now. Curious if it's like just uh, for against chalice decks like maybe it's just a hedge against chalice decks does he have any yeah. additional ones in the sideboard no nothing in the sideboard i mean it's a removal spell you know and sometimes it just gets value sure um you know being able to destroy an artifact it can be useful totally so yeah i mean that's that's interesting but yeah so far i i do like the uh the bug control list though um it's pretty nice. The just like Baleful Strix, you're just sitting behind a wall, jacing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Tim two him to Torax, two Thoughtseize, two Jit main. Yeah, which I thought was interesting because I don't, yeah. I don't typically see the Jits in the main. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, the check pile list again looks pretty, pretty stock. Uh, he is running a Night's Whisper, 
Which maybe is something that I I don't know that's, if I've seen that in a lot of lists. I mean, I, I think I've seen it, it once or twice, but yeah, it shows up from time to time. Okay, um, I mean, it's just value draw two cards. Right, right, right. And he's running the Badlands, so good for him. Um, <laughs> good, good for him. <laughs> uh, so the Turbo Depths. This list is really interesting because he's running Deathrite Shaman. I don't think I've seen a, tur- uh, a Depths deck running Deathrite Shaman. Uh, really? I yeah. feel I feel that's pretty standard. Mm, no. Um, Deathrite Shaman, I, really? Yeah, I I remember. See, I mean, it's the best. It's the best card in Legacy Pat. No, I understand that, but I, well, let me put it this way: when I was playing Bug Depths with with uh, with Tom, we did not run Deathrite Shaman. Hmm. This guy's also running Ramanap Excavator, which is like that. That card is just is so good. And this deck, I imagine, it's really good. Um, yeah, Sylvan's, I've been seeing that. I've been seeing that everywhere online. Uh, yeah, maybe that's why I'm just used to it because. I've played against Hexed Depths a lot in the last couple of weeks. So oh, I sure. Think... Yeah, I've played almost no Magic Online lately, so that could be why. Yeah, I think uh, I think because of actually this a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people picked up this version of the deck because okay. I've, been seeing, I've been seeing it a lot, just like Deathrite Shamans on the room map excavator. Gotcha, um, gotcha. And the, the Sylvan Safekeeper is the other interesting factor. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, my screen is cutting off the casting cost on it, so I'm going to pull it up uh, real quick. It's either one green or... Yeah, that is really annoying, MKM. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's a single. Gr- it's green for a one-one human wizard. Uh, sacrifice a land, target creature you control gains shroud until end of turn. Um, can- oh, man, I don't know if I like this that much. I mean, I guess it's okay. It's being run as a uh, as a one of. Um, mm-hmm. I always like the crop rotation into, um, um, Sajiri step personally, uh, to protect, but. It seems fine. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of it either when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of my opponents actually asked them about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they said it was for a reason. I just, I don't really see it that much. Yeah. Because, like, I feel most of the things you're afraid of, like what all the Check Pile and Grixis Delver decks are packing, is uh, Edict. And it doesn't protect from edict effects other True. than I guess you could just sacrifice it to it. But right. That doesn't feel the best as far as like something I want to be running. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe it serves a poor purpose. Um, Sebastian Bartle on elves. Again, I don't really know elves too well, but it seems pretty tribal force mage okay actually that's a deck the card i haven't seen in elves. <laughs> oh man i haven't seen a tribal force mage in a while tribal force mage one in a green for a one one elf wizard has morph one in a green uh when tribal force mage is turned face up creatures of the type of your choice get plus two plus two and gain trample until on turn that yeah. is actually pretty sweet that's an old like that's what elves used to use to win back in like 2008 oh so before <laughs> before uh <laughs> Uh, like crater hoof? this is way before crater hoof oh interesting huh um so yeah that's like some old school tech there i guess like if they're if you're not like if you're unable to ramp up to the crater hoof mana you can just like play this for three and then the next turn flip it for two and and be able to trample for the win yeah i mean sometimes you just get there if you've been just playing a bunch of elves maybe yeah. you green maybe you uh glimpse of natured once yeah but you weren't able to get a critical mass that's pretty um, cool actually i've never i've actually never even heard of this card so that's pretty oh, sweet yeah. that's pretty sweet um also running the valley running man so many spicy uh one of running 
a one Renz run Packmaster. Yep. Uh, which, That's like you see that occasionally. Yeah, it's kind of an answer to the Abrupt Decay decks because mm-hmm. it costs four. Uh, but it just it's an army in a can because it has two in a green, create a two two green wolf creature token. Yep. Wolves you control have death touch. Yep. Yep. So you just like that plus Gaia's cradle, you're just gonna have an army in a turn or two. Yeah. Got the, um, but the one of Shaman of the Pack. Yep. Shaman of the Pack. Dwinin's um, Elite. Yeah, Dwinin's Elite. That's one we don't really see. That's the one when it enters the battlefield if you control another elf put a 1-1 green elf warrior creature onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So they like these comes into play because they uh, they keep bouncing it uh, with right. their um, the symbiote. Yeah, the wirewood symbiote. Yeah, just to uh, combo with the wirewood symbiote, just yep. keep replaying them. Uh, definitely grind town with uh, this version of the elves deck. Oh, like yeah, it. for sure. Um, and then we also have uh, Timo Wolf on 8-post, which is cool. Yeah. Running Thran, Dynamo, Grim Monolith, Voltaic Key. <laughs> technically, technically, it's ten post because they are running two Vesuva. Um, oh right. Usually, it's called twelve post, and actually, they're also running a Thespian stage. So I'm I'm really intrigued as to why they call it eight post and not twelve post. I guess four cloud posts for uh, actual actual cards that are posts are four cloud posts, four clipper post. Perhaps that's why. I don't know. Yeah. Those crazy Europeans. It's yeah. like how they name their second floor buildings the first floor. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> the, yeah, it's you, pretty... have the, you have you have the lower floor, which is the first floor, and then the second floor is the first floor. That doesn't make any sense. What are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, so in this deck, they're just trying to ramp. I mean, they have, they're playing Thought Not Seer for early disruption uh, and Walking Ballista, but they're just trying to ramp into Emrakul, Endbringer, Kozilek, uh, Nulamog, or Worm Coil Engine, basically. Yep, or just a massive walking ballista. Yeah, well, I said I said ballista. Yeah, I w- I didn't listen when you spoke. That's fine. I mean, no, no one really no one really listens to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the deck the deck that really caught my eye and something that people so I I put it to our um, our uh, uh, Discord page because I'm taking suggestions for this week for when I stream what what to play and this deck came up was Amadeus Grun's Men of Steel. Jerry, you want to run down this list real quick because it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's super spicy. Uh, it almost feels like um, vintage shops uh, ported over to Legacy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so four Walking Ballista, two Lodestone Golem, a Sword of Fire and Ice, four Phyrexian Revoker. <laughs> so that, that's, uh, uh, can I just say, that is a card that like, if you're when you're playing it early, you need to know the format and know what you need to name with that card, right? Yeah, I mean, Phyrexian Revoker is definitely a card that rewards you for knowing the format. Yeah. Um, if it is your first rodeo, you are not going to have a great time, uh, especially because this deck does not appear to have any way of peeking at uh, its opponent's hand to kind of get an idea. So if you're running main deck Phyrexian Revoker, you better have your knowledge of the format down pat. Yeah. Um, four Steel Overseer. <laughs> Uh, I had to mouse over this one because I didn't know what the hell it did. (laughs) Uh, I think it shows up in Modern Affinity from time to time. I'm not really super familiar, though, but it's just two for a 1-1 artifact creature. Uh, Tap it, put a plus one, plus one counter on each artifact creature you control. So do they have a way to to, continuously untap this, or is it just a value creature here? Um, Are they running key? Yeah, it looks like it's just a value creature. I mean, it's playing out like four walking ballista, two lodestone golem, revokers. It puts them on itself. 
Um, like it has, there's a lot of artifact creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this almost feels kind of like affinity, uh, affinity tight. <laughs> yeah. So then up next, there is four Arcbound Ravager. Uh, that's, you know, the classic sack and artifact with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then modular. So when it dies, you can just throw all those plus one, plus one counters on the, uh, walking ballista and shoot your opponent in the face. Um, four vault scourge, which is awesome. Uh, that's the lifelink, uh, artifact creature. Yeah. One, one with the Phyrexian mana. Yep. Um, two hanger back Walker. Then three Mox Opal, four Lotus Petal, four Thorn of Amethyst, four Chalice of the Void. There's fine, there's some protection there. The Thorns and Chalices are mm-hmm. how it survives against the combo decks. Uh, then two Main Deck Caracas. They don't need white, but I think they just want that uh, insurance against like Show and Tell yep. and uh, their legendary decks. Uh, then you know four Ancient Tomb, four City of Traders. Four Mishra's Factory, four Wasteland, and then two Inventor's Fair. Uh, we've seen that pop up a little bit. Inventor's Fair is a legendary land at the beginning of your upkeep. If you control three or more artifacts, you gain a life. You can tap it to add a colorless mana to your mana pool, uh, or I should say a waste of mana to your mana pool. Um, and then four and tap, sacrifice Inventor's Fair, search your library for an artifact card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library, activate this ability, only if you control three or more artifacts. Hmm. So yeah, just a little little tutor effect for the deck. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a powerful effect. It, yeah, I feel this deck can probably pull off paying for it fairly yep. frequently. Um, plus, you're always going to be gaining life off of it pretty much as soon as turn one rolls around. Um, the sideboard is just four ensnaring bridge. I feel this person between the ensnaring bridge and the Caracas. Um, this person was just super afraid of like reanimator and sneak and show. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, two spell skite, four leyline of the void, one sword of fire and ice, two sorcerer spyglass, and two ratchet bomb in the sideboard. So, yeah, yeah, deck is cool. Yeah, just a straight artifact deck. Um, really awesome. Also, I feel this is fairly budget. I guess the city of traders and ancient tombs are gonna. <laughs> yeah, the city of traders. Are expensive. Yeah. Um, Hangerback walkers aren't like super cheap. Chalices are very expensive right now for being a, mm. being chalices. Chalices, I think, are going around eighty dollars a piece. Damn. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting deck. Yeah, super cool. So I might play this on Magic Online. We'll see. Yeah, maybe I'll jump on because I do want to take this deck for a spin. Cool. Let's do it. Try it out. All right, we'll set a date. Set a date. It's a date. Yeah. Uh, cool. So uh, anything else going on this week? Uh, no, I'm bummed I missed uh, Scholars. Uh, yeah, well, man. Again. Uh, <laughs> I, all right. it never, I can never make it to that so, event. So I know like a lot of them I'm, I'm, I want to go get to, and I just, I'm unable to get the time off of work. However, this one I did not know about <laughs> until like two days prior to the event. It was, it was announced like three days prior. Okay. Yeah. So like. If you guys are listening, please, please like get the word out a month ahead of time. 
six weeks out. Like get us get us some time to be able to prepare for these events because I want to go to your store. I want to support your events. I want to buy stuff there, but you got to let us know ahead of time, man. You can't just you can't just decide like have it set up and then just make a fucking Facebook event page. It costs zero dollars, <laughs> zero dollars. You don't uh, even have to promote I'll re- it. I'll relay it to Kyle. <laughs> Thank you. God damn it, Kyle. God damn it. Uh, yeah, I felt bad, but I had uh, I threw my party that night instead. Awesome! How did that go, man? I was I know I was invited. I know I was supposed to go, and I didn't show up like an asshole. How did it go? <laughs> it was awesome. I love mixing uh, Muggle friends and Magic friends. <laughs> uh, uh, who's more awkward in that situation? <laughs> no, no awkwardness. All all a good time, of course. Um, uh, but yeah, like Tom Smiley came and Ian came and uh, like a bunch of other like Mike and Dan and all those Magic players came. And then I also had a bunch of like college friends, then like friends I met through work. It was just like a random sampling of people I've met throughout my life, all in my apartment at the same time. Nice. Like you walk in and you think it's a, like an intervention. <laughs> kind of actually <laughs> we did have the seating arranged in a circle <laughs> uh but yeah no it was a, it was an awesome time uh it, it, it went great until about uh two two in the morning and that's when i started praying to the porcelain gods oh shit <laughs> uh so but yeah it was uh it was it was an awesome time awesome man yeah very what cool. about you? Uh, cool. You you dragged me out of F and M. You're like, oh, come on, come come to my car. I need to give you these play mats and stuff. I gotta I gotta go. I gotta go meet my wife. Well, yeah. So my wife texted me. She's I thought she was working her other job after. So she works like two to two to ten thirty or whatever. And then she a couple nights a week she'll work like eleven to five a.m. or eleven to four a.m. And so I thought she was working her other job as well. So I was like, oh, she's gonna be gone for the night. But then she texted me at like I don't know probably. Uh, like 10, like quarter of 11. She's like, Hey, I'm out to the bar with a friend of mine. Like, come meet us. I'm like, Oh, fucking awesome. So like, I was like, all right, Jerry, I got to get out of here now so I can get there in time and actually have some time with my wife. So, uh, yeah. So I rushed, I I did, I did rip you out of Etsy. Uh, uh, and then the next day I texted you to see if you were coming to the party. You said, nah, I'm still hung over. Well, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't hung over. I was just exhausted. Like I had to, so I had to work the next day. And at the end of the day, I'm like, Oh man, I got like, Three hours of sleep last night. Like this is not good. But <laughs> uh, it, it, it was it was a, really, a lot of fun though. And, and honestly, I was I was really happy just to get out of the house once at least to play some magic. So uh, that was a nice a nice treat for me. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to get that to be a uh, like a an oca- a more occasional thing where like every like two or three weeks she should take the kids for me for a night so I can get out to uh, to Etsy to play on Friday nights because I really yeah really really do love going up there. Oh, well, and it's also great because we have GP Seattle coming up, right, Pat? Yeah, I know. I So <clears throat> originally, I'm, I'm, start, I'm hopefully starting a new job soon. Um, so I was thinking I wasn't going to be able to make Seattle anyway. But then I found out that I wouldn't be starting until like um, after Seattle. But in the interim where I'm like, all right, I'm probably not going to go to Seattle. I got my wife and I tickets for uh, Justin Timberlake. In uh, in, in at this, the garden. Your excuse just got worse. Well, oh hold on. God. So my the, the reason these seats are insane. My buddy works for Nesson, and so they have like box seats up at the TD Garden. So, um, I can get box seats for like uh, basically any event that I want to go to. And the last time uh, he and I went to go see Bob Seger um, earlier, uh, like late in the fall, and we had the whole box to ourselves. There was no one else in there. It was fucking dope. So I'm hoping that happens again. Uh, but I, I'm not not going because of the Justin Timberlake concert. That's just a uh, that's just my plans now that I'm not going. Uh, but I am going to try to. I mean, obviously, I'll be in Worcester in March. So that's coming up next. 
Um, and then I think there's another more, I know Hartford's like a few weeks after that, I think. So I'll definitely be at a Hartford playing side events at GP Hartford. And then, um, I think there's another one in, hmm, there's a few more events like, like, uh, like a few States away that I'll probably go to, but I think unfortunately the Seattle one is going to be out of my grasp this time. Yeah. Which is a bummer. I figure it out now. Cause also, uh. Dan and Mike bailed on me too. Uh, I mean, Dan's excuse is he's getting married that week. That's fair. Or, That's fair. <laughs> or actually, no, the next weekend because I'm supposed to be in that wedding, but he can't go because uh, it's the week before he gets married. Oh, uh, okay. That that I mean that's there's a lot of shit going on. You got a lot of last minute <laughs> things going on. You don't want to leave your soon to be wife by herself dealing with all that stuff. Yeah. So he he couldn't swing it. So. Yeah. Got to figure it out. Um, I I do still want to go to Seattle, but I'm also really bad at planning things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, April 13th to the 15th is uh, is GP Hartford. So Jerry and I will be at that one, right, Jerry? Uh, is that the week after or week before? What week is that? <laughs> so the GP... What is that in relation to Seattle? <laughs> it's two weeks after Seattle. Okay. All or right, I, guess, be... I guess I'm sorry. I guess it's the week following Seattle. Oh, then no, I won't, because that's the week Dan's getting married. I'm just, I'm just in it. He got us these sweet. He got us uh, magic belt buckles. Oh so yeah, you t- yeah. Tell us about that. That was that's sick. yeah. So he got this uh, cra- uh, craftsman to make uh, belt buckles for all the groomsmen, um, each in a different mana symbol. And then we got our suits uh, tailor made, mm-hmm. and the linings of each of our suits corresponds with our mana symbol. That's pretty dope. Yeah. It's going to be great for job interviews. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to come in looking like a superhero. Yeah, I like it. Exactly. Like it. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's the GB uh, schedule up to uh, the beginning of July. So hopefully they'll release a second half uh, soon, right? Like they should release a second half of the year soon, right? I'd hope. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I would hope so, so we can plan things. Right, 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 right. Um, there is a legacy event in England in May. But I don't think maybe I go to England. That'd be kind of cool, actually. Yeah, Mike and Dan were actually talking about that and doing a belated bachelor party for Dan okay. in England for the GP because uh, that's a legacy GP, isn't it? it is, yeah, that's the only reason why I mentioned it. It is, although oh, that's in Toronto. They have team trios constructed in Toronto. That'd be kind of cool. Ooh, that would be sweet. But then I have to find um, a legacy, a, a standard, and a modern player. I don't know any of them. See, I got Mike and Dan built in. <laughs> I've spread them out. Maybe Mike I'll borrow Mike and Dan. To... <laughs> nope, they're mine. Can't, you can't take them. Uh, unless any pro players are listening and would like to be my teammate. Then, uh... <laughs> Just call him BBD. I'm sure he's got an opening. Yeah, exactly. I'll call him BBD. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, all right. Well, was there anything else you want to get into before we uh, headed into some scoops? Scoops. Uh, I don't even have scoop yet. Yet, wow, scoops yet. This that's a tongue twister. I don't have scoops yet this weekend. <laughs> uh, no, I don't have anything. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. So um, let's get into some scoops real quick. Um, I'll go first. I did want to scoop in um, our friend Aaron. Aaron Gazaniga. Uh, we got a chance to stream last week. Uh, we played a sweet um, Thopter Foundry deck. Um, we went 4-0 when I was on stream, and then I, I my wife came home, so I'm like, all right, I gotta hop off the call. And uh, Aaron quickly went 0-2 in that next game and, and and dropped to 4-1. So thanks a lot, Aaron. We really appreciate it. Uh, but no, we had a, a lot of fun. Um, the deck was sweet. Uh, we played had some really good games, and uh, the stream was stream was super fun. So that was great. 
Um, also, I want to thank, uh, we have three new patrons this week. Uh, Richard Spoonholds, Stephen Newman, and Luis Reyes all pledged to our Patreon. So, guys, thank you so much for joining our Patreon. Um, please visit the the, uh, the Discord channel and make yourselves known. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for supporting the, uh, the the cast. And, uh, well, we, we appreciate it so much. Honestly, like everyone who has supported in the past and continues to support, it really makes it makes a huge difference. It allows us to do a lot more things with the podcast. And I, we, we can't thank you enough. It's, a, it's really... I don't want to say it's life-changing because I don't want to be too dramatic, but it really makes a huge difference in what we're able to do here. So thank you very much. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Jerry, who uh, are you scooping in this week? Man, I, I have to scoop. I have to follow that up. Um, <laughs> I'm going to scoop everyone in who came on down to Gaming Etc. for uh, F&M. Yeah. It was a good time yeah. seeing everyone there. Uh, it's really nice when people kind of show up consistently just because you get to know people mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, just and also Michelle for running the store, making it such an awesome place to play. Uh-huh. Awesome, yeah. All right, Pat, we got we got some jokes. Yeah, roll a die, man. You got some jokes. Number six. <laughs> this is from our friend Michael Ames. Uh, did you hear about the kidnapping at school? It's all right. He woke no. up. Ah, that's what we call a knee slapper but, in the biz. That's a dad joke right there. I like that one. I want another one, Pat. It's once you pop, you can't All stop. All right, roll it again. Eight. Uh, let's see. Scott. Uh, Scott Pizzer. Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> why? <laughs> it didn't. It got hit by a car and died. Merry Christmas. What? <laughs> that, wow. That's, come on, Scott. That's, that's what we call an anti-joke in the business. <laughs> Come on, Scott. Uh, I I need to go take a shower. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> what you got to play us out with tonight, Pat? Uh, I've been doing the same thing. I've been using the uh, the Johnny Cured uh, leaving like the- leaving a legacy theme song. Uh, I've been doing that every week, so that's always fun. Oh, okay. It's you know what? It's consistent. It's easy. And I don't have to search YouTube for songs, so <laughs> <laughs> just put a song from your collection up. Oh, yeah, they gotta choose one and. It just it's nice cuz the cuz it takes 3 seconds to put it on there. I don't have to wait for it to download onto the uh, audacity. Sounds lazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Play us out with something sweet. <laughs> Come on down to Brooklyn. Never a secret to dread. Take life across the chain. Let's run